Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. On this episode of Newt's World, I think that we have learned since this pandemic started, but really before that, that there's very little that we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. This election in November is going to be about our, literally our health and whether we live or die. Thank you, guys. And my pronouns are she, her, and hers. So I decided I was going to start prosecuting parents for truancy. What else do we know about this population, 18 through 24? They are stupid. They make really bad decisions. Well, I mean, I would just say, hey, Joe, instead of saying no, we can't, let's say yes, we can. (laughs) We have to have a buyback program, and I support a mandatory buyback program. Which tweet? What tweet? Uh, the About Jesse Smollett. So I will say this about that case. I think that the facts are still unfolding. Hi, this is Newt. Due to the virus, I'm recording from home. So you may notice a difference in audio quality. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden was born November 20th, 1942. If elected president, he'll turn 78 in the month of November and he'll be the oldest elected president in United States history. Now, historically, voters don't spend a lot of time on the vice presidential candidate when voting for president. But given Vice President Joe Biden's age, I think it's entirely possible that Kamala Harris, his vice presidential nominee, could take office before his term ends. And I want to share with you today some of Senator Harris's more liberal and left statements and frankly, some of her more opportunistic statements. I think you'll find, as I did, she's much more left-leaning than Joe Biden and more left-leaning, almost radical, than any of us realized. 
but her beliefs are clear in her statements and have been expressed in her own words. And that's why we're going to approach this by sharing with you a context and letting you listen to her so you can make up your own mind. I was really struck when the Vice President chose Kamala Harris to be his running mate because I thought she was a very bad candidate. And I thought that her track record of starting at 15% support in midsummer last year, dropping to 3 or 4% support before she dropped out of the race, was a signal that she might not have been the best possible choice. And then the fact is, while she is ostensibly a woman of color, that didn't make her desirable for the black community. When she dropped out, Joe Biden had eight times as many black supporters as she did. And in fact, in her home state, she was running fourth when she dropped out. So it's a little strange to me that she was picked. But I think it is very clear when he picked her that Vice President Biden was making a clear pitch to the left and trying to indicate to them that he was reliably on the left. One of the key issues facing America is the issue of defunding the police or defending the police, supporting the importance of law and order or undermining law and order. And on this issue, there's no question that Kamala Harris has been consistently on the left, undermining the process of the law and defunding the police. Take, for example, on ABC Good Morning America on June 9th this year. She was asked, so does that mean you support proposals like what we've seen in Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti saying take some of the money from policing, about $150 million to invest in health initiatives, training initiatives for youth. And listen carefully to what she says, because in the end, she supports taking the $150 million from the police Here's what Senator Harris said. I support investing in communities so that they become more healthy and therefore more safe. The, in, right now, what we're seeing in America is many cities spend over one third of their entire city budget on policing. But meanwhile, we've been defunding public schools for years in America. We've got to re-examine what we're doing with American taxpayer dollars and ask the question, are we getting the right return on our investment? Are we actually creating healthy and safe communities? And that's a legitimate conversation, and it requires a, a really critical evaluation. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. I think one of the most sobering comments that Senator Harris made was on Stephen Colbert on June 18, 2020. We're faced with a real challenge of violence in the streets. We're faced with activists from Antifa, many of whom crossed state lines in Kenosha, Wisconsin, there were over half the people they arrested were from out of the city. They were, in fact, from 44 different cities. It's very clear, as you'll hear in a moment, that Senator Harris is comfortable with the violence, and she's comfortable allowing it to happen. And so just listen carefully to what she said and think about the notion that this is a person who claims to have been a prosecutor, but who, in fact, clearly is on the side of the criminals and is clearly comfortable suggesting that the violence is going to continue. As she puts it, they are not going to stop. 
they're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. So if you want a candidate who's going to stop the violence and stop the looting, the only choice is going to be Donald Trump. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the conversation between Senator Harris and Stephen Colbert. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is going to, they're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. And we should not. One of the most important developments, which has led to dramatically more crime, dramatically more violence, dramatically more murders. In New York City, for example, shootings were up 165% in August of 2020 compared to August of 2019. And a major part of that is the George Soros campaign spending millions of dollars to elect prosecutors who are pro-criminal and anti-police. Now, the term on the left is that they are somehow progressive. But progressive, remember, means they're willing to break the law, refuse to enforce the laws that is written, turn their back on the police, and release criminals back onto the street. One of the earliest examples of this from Senator Harris was on May 17, 2017, when she tweeted, quote, as I said yesterday, progressive prosecutors are key to criminal justice reform, like rolling back mass incarceration and ending cash bail. She was commenting on the election of Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner, who is a total radical on these issues. And by the way, remember, ending cash bail means that the criminal is dropped off by the police at the precinct station. They are registered, and a few hours later, they're back on the street because they don't have to post bail. I think it's also important to recognize that she is completely committed to this concept. And I want you to hear her voice. Remember, every time she uses progressive, that means pro-criminal and anti-police. This is Kamala Harris at the Center for Progressive Ideas Conference on May 16, 2017. I believe we need to look locally and elect progressive prosecutors. Because the vast majority of prosecutions occur at the state and local level. There are leaders among us, like Kim Fox from Cook County, who grew up in public housing and knows we need a more balanced approach to criminal justice. There are leaders like John Chisholm in the Milwaukee DA's office who's working to reduce prison population while maintaining public safety. There are leaders like Kim Ogg, the DA in Harris County, Texas, who is saving taxpayers $10 million a year by sending people caught with a small amount of marijuana to a decision-making class instead of jail. Right. So even as we fight Jeff Sessions every step of the way here in D.C., we should see these reformers and support them as innovators who are showing us what is possible. And I believe this is the time that we look in the mirror and ask who we are as a country on this issue of drug addiction. Harris's radicalism is so deep that she literally uses anti-American phrases and anti-American concepts. 
at a hearing of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee on the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, she took a very radical position, suggesting that the very agency which is supposed to protect us from millions of illegal immigrants was itself a problem and was the core example of what the difficulties are. But listen to Harris's description. About the statement you made describing the Democratic Party as liberal-cratic or neoclanist, which was, um, I think the assumption there was that you were comparing it to the Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux Klan, um, the KKK. So you said in response to his question, you're sorry because the words caused offense. So would you not be sorry if no one was offended by your words? No, it was wrong to do. Uh, Why was it wrong? Because those are offensive words. Why are they offensive? Because they have history in this country, and, and I, I honestly did not mean it that way. But please talk about the history. What is the history that would then make those words wrong? Well, the, the Klan was a, what we would call today a domestic terrorist group. Why? Why, why would we call them domestic terrorist group? Because they tried to use fear and force to change political environment. And what was the motivation for the use of fear and force? It was based on race and ethnicity. Right. Are you aware of the perception of um, many about how the, the, the power and the discretion at ICE is being used to enforce the laws? And do you see any parallels? I do not see any parallels between I'm talking about officers and agents. I'm talking about perception. I, I do not see a parallel between what is constitutionally mandated as, in, as it relates to enforcing the law. Are you aware that there's a perception? Rights. I see no Are you aware that there's a that perception? That puts ICE in the same category as the KKK. Is that what you're asking me? No, I'm very specific about what I'm asking you. Are you aware of a perception that the way that the discretion I see to no inf- parallel. I'm not finished. I see none. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I, I do want to advocate for the workforce. Uh, the, the, the vital public safety mission that they have to protect the homeland. And I think more people need to know how valuable they are to the society. Um, so I agree with you on that. Not only is she opposed to the U.S. government institution designed to protect us from illegal immigration, she favors people who get here illegally having universal access to Medicare. Listen to this conversation with Jake Tapper at CNN and hear for yourself her commitment that basically would allow illegal immigrants to have full access to public safety, public education, and public health. The bill also says, quote, every individual who is a resident of the United States is entitled to benefits for health care services under this act. Not every individual who's a citizen, but every individual who's a resident. Mm-hmm. So you support giving universal health care, Medicare for all, to people who are in this country illegally? Let me just be very clear about this. I am opposed to any policy that would deny in our country any human being from access to public safety, public education, or public health, period. When she went on the view, Senator Harris was even more radical in her position. She basically comes across saying that she wants a secure border as long as we don't have a secure border, and that she would like to treat people who are, quote, undocumented and who cross the border 
in a way which does not involve them having broken the law. Listen to this conversation from The View. You're for decriminalizing border crossings. You're one of the people that raised <coughs> hand at the debate. Do you agree with AOC that we should get rid of DHS altogether? That is not correct. I am not in favor of decriminalizing um, or, or not having um, consequence for We have to keep, let me just be very clear. We have to have a secure border. But I am in favor of saying that we're not going to treat people who are undocumented across the border as criminals. That's correct. That is correct. And what we've got to do is we cannot have any more policy like we have had have under this current president that is about inhumane conduct that is about putting babies in cages it is about separating children from their parents and we have got to have policy that is about passing comprehensive immigration reform with a pathway towards citizenship shutting down these private clarify this for me though because i do find it confusing i believe if someone crosses over the border it's illegally it is illegal and you would you would decriminalize it i would not make it a crime punishable by jail I, it should be a civil enforcement issue, but not a criminal enforcement issue. Okay. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free i've always been a strong believer in the importance of investing wisely that's why i've personally invested in legacy precious metals at legacy precious metals they're not leaving your financial future to chance they're on a mission to help you secure your financial future post-retirement in partnership with them I am thrilled to announce the launch of the Newt Gingrich contract with America Coin. This limited edition coin is made of one ounce of 99.99% fine silver, commemorating the historic moment when, against all odds, we balanced the budget for the last time in U.S. history. This coin isn't just an investment. It's a piece of our nation's history. And now you can own it. As the holiday season approaches, it's the perfect gift 
You can purchase yours today by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Now, while Senator Harris has been busy offering Medicare to illegal immigrants, she wants to take away private insurance for the rest of us. And I think it's very important to understand how radical she is in wanting to do this. At a CNN town hall meeting in Iowa, she commented on the whole concept of eliminating private insurance. You support uh, the Medicare for All bill, I think, initially co-sponsored by Senator Bernie Sanders. You're also a co-sponsor on on it. I believe it will totally eliminate private insurance. Um, So for people out there who like their insurance, they don't get to keep it? Well, listen, the idea is that everyone gets access to medical care. And you don't have to go through the process of going through an insurance company, having them give you approval, going through the paperwork, all of the delay that may require. Who of us have, has not had that situation where you've got to wait for approval and the doctor says, well, I don't know if your, your insurance company is going to cover this? Let's eliminate all of that. Let's move on. And she doubled down. It wasn't just one time in Iowa. On a CNN interview after the Detroit debate, she said, my plan will separate your health care from your employer, meaning your employer will no longer dictate the kind of health care you receive. Under my plan of Medicare for All, private insurance companies will be able to provide coverage if they play by our rules. And therefore, what that means in a very important way is that you don't have to be wed to your employer to keep the insurance you like and that you need. You know, listen, the reality of America today is it is no longer the case that people come out of high school or college, they go and they work one place and they retire there. That's no longer the reality in America. You look at the fact, I know you had um, Andrew Yang on earlier, over the next 15 years, up to 40% of the jobs that currently exist will no longer exist. We have to decouple healthcare from employers, because there are so many people I'm meeting, John, who are afraid to leave a job they don't like or where they are not growing because they are so concerned they're going to lose their health care. In a climate change town hall on CNN, having failed to offer any serious long-term solutions, she frankly shrank to the lowest possible concept, which is somehow if we gave up plastic straws, we would save the world. Listen to her on CNN. Do you ban plastic straws? I think we should. Yes. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. It's really difficult to drink out of a paper straw when you had, if you're just like, if you don't gulp it down immediately, it starts to bend. And and then, you know, the little thing catches it. And then, you know, so we got to kind of perfect that one a little bit more. (laughs) So you'd ban it, but rely on innovation. I mean, we got got it. Yeah, innovation is, is a process, right? You don't just... Do it. Innovation is a process, but but you know, let's let's encourage innovation, and and you know, we, I think we could do a little bit better than some of those flimsy plastic straws. In that same CNN climate change town hall, Senator Harris went much further in the direction of changing everything when she said that she's in favor of banning fracking. Now, fracking is a technique that allows the oil and gas business to produce dramatically more energy from the same amount of space in a way which is remarkable. The development of fracking increased the amount of available oil in North 
Dakota from 800 million barrels to 24 billion barrels. It's made the United States the number one producer of energy in the world, has made us energy independent, has created hundreds of thousands of jobs. And she's very clear about it. I think unlike Vice President Biden, who recently has been zigzagging back and forth, telling Western Pennsylvanians that he really wouldn't totally abolish fracking because that's where they get the living. But on the other hand, telling the left that he would abolish fracking. But Senator Harris in the CNN Climate Change Town Hall was very direct and very clear. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. So, yeah, and, and, and starting... And starting with what we can do on day one around public lands, right? And um, and then there has to be legislation. But yes, and this is something I've taken on in California. I have a history of working on this issue. And to your point, um, and, you know, the, we have to just acknowledge that the residual impact of fracking is enormous in terms of the impact on the health and safety of communities. On Weather Channel's 2020 Race to Save the Planet, it was pointed out to Senator Harris that her position on banning fracking and frankly, getting rid of the entire fossil fuels industry would lead to enormous unemployment. But in a tradition which I believe virtually nobody, I mean nobody, who earns a living from the energy industry will believe, she offers her suggestion, which is that somehow they are magically going to be retrained. So instead of producing oil or gas or mining coal, they will somehow learn a whole new set of jobs including wind turbines and solar paneling. But again, don't take my word for it. Here's Kamala Harris on Weather Channel's 2020 Race to Save the Planet. Well, for the workers in that industry, we have to, one, um, one we have to encourage that those industries do better um, if, in terms of giving the workers an ability to transition into the jobs of the future, such as renewable energy. And, and there are, you know, if the Bureau of Labor Statistics came out with a list of the top 20 jobs in the United States that will see the greatest amount of growth, in large part, the, 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 the jobs are on that list because these jobs need to be filled and we don't have the skilled labor to fill them. Number one and number two, installation and maintenance of wind turbines and solar paneling. So my plan and, my, and, and, and what I intend to do for those workers is, is part of, of, of my plan of action is that all workers who, are, who need to transition are going to get an $8,000 tax credit to be able to do the training that is necessary to take on the jobs that need to be filled. Now, the most radical general position on really changing things decisively is the so-called Green New Deal, which AOC and the squad developed in the House. And Kamala Harris ended up saying she's for it. Vice President Biden has said he may be for it or part of it, a little bit of it, or he's not sure he's for it. I think, frankly, he's not sure what it is. But Kamala Harris, when she was asked about the Green New Deal, she was very straightforward. Here is what she said when she was told that Senator McConnell was going to bring the Green New Deal up for a vote in the Senate. I will vote for it. Um, it is a resolution. I believe that um, the underlying principles behind it are sound and important. Climate change is truly an existential threat to our country. And you look at it in terms of how it is affecting many areas, including right here in South Carolina. 
build the offshore drilling that's taking place. All of these issues are connected, and we need to have a sense of urgency, especially from leaders of our country, around dealing with this. Because let's be clear, this is a matter of, ultimately will be a matter of whether our children, whether our seniors are going to be able to, to drink clean water and breathe clean air. In fact, she doubled down. On September 4th, 2019, she tweeted, if they didn't pass the Green New Deal in the Senate because of the filibuster rules, she would just plain vote to eliminate the filibuster. This is her tweet, quote, if Republicans continue to block progress, I'll get rid of the filibuster to pass a Green New Deal. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Throughout history, there are clear moments that define our nation's path, and now you can own a piece of that history. I'm thrilled to announce the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition. One-ounce silver coin commemorates the historic victory in 1994 when the Republican Party, under my leadership, took control of Congress. The Newt Gingrich contract with America coin also symbolizes the transformative political platform that led to landmark achievements like the overhaul of the welfare system and the Balanced Budget Act. This holiday season, give the gift of history. The Newt Gingrich contract with America coin is more than an investment. It's a tribute to honest government and to America. Available to order right now by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online 
at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. One of Senator Harris's more radical positions is on criminals having the right to vote. And as often happens on the left, she gets caught up in her own ideology and she ends up saying things that if she really thought it through, she would have somehow tried to duck the question or something. So at the CNN town hall, she's asked, do you agree with Senator Sanders that prisoners such as the Boston Marathon bomber should be able to vote? I agree that the right to vote is one of the very important components of citizenship. And it is something that people should um, should not be stripped of needlessly, which is why I have been long an advocate of making sure that the formerly incarcerated are not denied a right to vote, which is the case in so many states in our country, in some states permanently deprived of the right to vote. And these are policies that go back to Jim Crow. These are policies that go back to the heart of, of policies that have been about disenfranchisement, policies that continue until today, and we need to take it seriously. But, but people who are in, convicted in prison, like the Boston Marathon bomber, people who are convicted of sexual assault, they should be able to vote? I think we should have that conversation. So if you have any question about how pro-criminal and anti-police Senator Harris is, the fact that she can't say that people who are convicted of sexual assault should not be able to vote, she can't say that the Boston bomber should not, in fact, be able to vote, gives you some sense of how far out on the left she really is. In addition to leaning towards murderers, bombers, and rapists being allowed to vote, Senator Harris also proves once again she's on the left when she does an interview at the MSNBC town hall on May 28th. And she's basically asked about whether or not there are any limits to abortion. Remember now that the Democratic Party has moved from abortion being a rare and occurring in the first trimester to abortion being normal and could occur as late as the last day before the baby's born. So her position is hardline. And in fact, not only hardline at the federal level, but she promises to the pro-abortion forces that she will have the federal government review every state that passes any kind of limitation to prevent abortions at any point for any reason. Here from the MSNBC town hall is Senator Harris in her own words. Are we going to go back to the days of back alley abortions? Women died before we had Roe v. Wade in place. And so I'm going to tell you, on this issue, I'm kind of done because here's how I feel about it, guys. Let me tell you. There are states that keep passing these laws. And so and when elected, I'm going to put in place and require that states that have a history of passing legislation that is designed to, to prevent or, or limit a woman's access to reproductive health care, that those laws have to come before my Department of Justice for a review and approval. And until we determine that they are constitutional, they will not take effect. The Democratic Party of Senator Harris would be so radical and so different from anything we've ever seen in her new book when she was on The View. 
she said, it's fantastic that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has proposed raising the marginal tax rate to 70% and that she is good for the party. Now, remember, that's a federal 70% on top of which if, for example, you lived in Virginia, you'd pay a 7% sales tax. If you lived in New York, it'd be even higher. So we're talking about taking three out of every $4 at the margin, which may explain why so many people are migrating to Florida and Texas, which have no state income taxes. But listen to her on The View as she explains how she would tax us into a different world. I wanted to ask you, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's new darling of the party. She officially has more Twitter followers than Nancy Pelosi. She was on 60 Minutes this weekend proudly calling herself a radical. And she's promoting policies like saying that every single carbon emission in the country, every car, should be eliminated within the next 11 years, everything from a 70 to 80 percent tax rate. Do you agree that she could possibly, in this ideology of the socialist left, could splinter your party? No. You know, I think that... Um she is challenging the status quo. I think that's fantastic. I think that, you know, I used, I used to teach before, especially before, I, like, in the last few years. And the thing that I always loved about teaching was when you teach, it requires you to defend the premise. Mm-hmm. And it requires you to re-examine the premise and question, is it still relevant? Is it, is it, is it, does it have impact? Does it have meaning? And I think that she is introducing bold ideas that, that should be discussed. And I think it's good for the party. I frankly think it's good for the country. Let's look at the bold ideas. And, and, and I'm eager that we have those discussions. And when we are able to defend the status quo, then do it. And if there are, you know, if there's not merit to that, then let's explore new ideas. If you listen to Senator Harris on The View, I'm sure you noticed that she thinks challenging the status quo, to use her word, fantastic. And she really is committed to changing the current system. So I think it's very important to recognize that Senator Harris is looking for, as she put it, bold ideas. Why 70% tax rates is a bold idea, I'm not sure. But that she really wants to take on those who are defending the status quo, and she wants to explore new ideas, basically, no matter how whack they are. So I think it's very clear from her comments on The View that she is not only on the hard left, but she's on the let's change America left. One of the really interesting minor incidents that reveals a lot about how messed up modern America is was Jussie Smollett, who you will remember staged his own problems for the purpose of his own self-importance and his own identity. But that's not what she looked for. Even though she was supposedly, as attorney general, and before that, the district attorney in San Francisco, she has no sense of checking on the facts. Here is Kamala Harris on Jussie Smollett. Senator Harris sent out a tweet on January 29, 2019, as the Jussie Smollett case was just hitting the news. Jussie Smollett is one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. No one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality or color of their skin. 
we must confront this hate. Then on February 21st, 2019, after the case had totally fallen apart, it was clear that Smollett himself was running a con job and had lied, causing a national incident and arousing national anguish and national anger. She sent out another tweet, but she doesn't blame Jesse because that doesn't fit the liberal playbook. Instead, she uses this as another occasion to attack all the rest of us. But here's what she said in her tweet. Like most of you, I've seen the reports about Jesse Smollett, and I am sad, frustrated, and disappointed. When anyone makes false claims to police, it not only diverts resources away from serious investigations, but it makes it more difficult for other victims of crime to come forward. At the same time, we must speak the truth. Hate crimes are on the rise in America. Just last year, the FBI released statistics that revealed a 17% increase in the number of hate crimes in America. Part of the tragedy of this situation is that it distracts from that truth and has been seized by some who would like to dismiss and downplay the very real problems that we must address. We should not allow that. I will always condemn racism and homophobia. We must always confront hate directly, and we must always seek justice. That is what I will keep fighting for. Now notice, her second tweet makes no sense in the context of what we had learned about Justice Smollett. He was running a con job. He was inventing an event that didn't occur. He was trying to get publicity. He was trying to have people decide that he was a figure of sympathy. But she can't condemn him. She turns and she says, what's really sad is that people will now distort this. Well, there's not much distorting involved. The guy lied and he lied in a way which was designed to increase racism, increase hate, increase the sense of, of sexual vulnerability. He did so knowingly and deliberately. And we're just fortunate he was caught. Senator Harris's habit of exaggeration, nastiness, direct assault on her opponents was illustrated as well as anything on September 27, 2018, when she confronted Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, Judge Kavanaugh. Judge Kavanaugh, have you taken a professionally administered polygraph test as it relates to this issue? Uh, no, the I'll do whatever the committee wants. Of course, those are not admissible in federal court, but I'll do whatever the committee wants. They're not admissible in federal court because they're Thank not you. reliable, as, Thank you, you. as you know. So you've not taken one. Right. Um, all three of the women who have made sworn allegations against you have called for an independent FBI investigation into the claims. You've been asked during the course of this hearing by four different members by my count at least eight times today. Um, and also earlier this week on national television, whether you would call for the White House to authorize an FBI investigation. Each time you have declined to do so. Now, you know, I know you do, that the FBI uh, is, is an agency of men and women who are sworn and trained law enforcement, who in the course of conducting uh, background investigations on nominees for the Supreme Court of the United States and others um, are charged with conducting those background investigations because they are sworn law enforcement and they have the expertise and the ability and the history of doing that. So I'm going to ask you one last time. Are you willing to ask the White House to authorize 
the FBI to investigate the claims that have been made against you? Well, I'll do whatever the committee wants, of so, course. And I've heard you say that, but I've not, I've, not heard you ask, I've not heard you answer a very specific question that's been asked, which is, are you willing to ask the White House to conduct an investigation by the FBI to get to whatever you believe is the bottom of the allegations that have been levied against you? The FBI would gather witness statements. You have Sir, the witness it's, it's, statements. It's, it, not, make... I don't want to debate with you how they do their business. I'm just asking, are you willing to ask the White House to conduct such an investigation? Because as you are aware, the FBI did conduct a background investigation into you yes, before we were aware of these most recent allegations. So are you willing to ask the White House to do that? And say yes or no, and then we can move on. We've had six background investigations over 26 years. Sir, as it relates to the recent allegations, are you willing to have them do it? The, the, the witness testimony is before you. No witness who was there supports that I was there. Okay, I'm going to take that as a no and we can move on. You have said um, in your opening statement you characterized these allegations as a conspiracy directed against you. Um, I'll point out to you that Judge Justice now, Neil Gorsuch, was nominated by this president. Um, he was considered by this body just last year. I did a rough kind of analysis of similarities. You both attended Georgetown Prep. You both attended very prestigious law schools. You both clerked for Justice Kennedy. You were both circuit judges. You were both nominated to the Supreme Court. You were both questioned about your record. The only difference is that you have been accused of sexual assault. How do you reconcile your statement about a conspiracy against you with the treatment of someone who was before this body not very long ago. So just to summarize what happened in the Kavanaugh situation, a totally phony series of charges were brought to bear. There were no supporting witnesses for any of the charges. It was very clear an effort on the left to do everything they could to smear Judge Kavanaugh so he would not become Justice Kavanaugh. And the result was that in the end, it was clear that there was no serious evidence of wrongdoing, none of which led her to apologize later for the nastiness and the aggressiveness of her comments. You can read more about the liberal left statements of Democratic Vice Presidential nominee Kamala Harris on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newtsworld is produced by Gingrich360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers, and our producer is Garnsey Sloan. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich360. Please email me with your questions at gingrich360.com slash questions. I'll answer a selection of questions in future episodes. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com.